Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I am Shemaine Laney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist, nutritional therapist, and many other things. I am very happy to have you back with me for another episode And it's been a while since I've done a solo episode. I've been busy doing lots of interviews and having chats with specialists over the last few months that I'm excited to just touch on a topic that I know is dear to many people's hearts and I get lots of questions about it. So we're going to look at thyroid health um, today. But before I go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes should not be taken as medical advice and for informational purposes only. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. Okay, so we're going to look at some factors that influence thyroid health and decrease thyroid hormones. So let's go. Let's start with the basics. What are your thyroid hormones? Well, your thyroid gland produces and secretes thyroid hormones, which are T3, which is triiothyroidine, and T4, tyroxine. So T3 contains three iodine atoms and is created from the conversion of T4. To convert T4, you send out TSH, or thyroid stimulating hormone and that helps with the conversion of T4 to be activated. So T4 is synthesized from the amino acid tyrosine found in thyroglobulin which is a protein created in the thyroid and it contains four iodine atoms so I know immediately many of you were saying Oh, this explains why iodine is so important to thyroid health. Yes, it does, but let's go on. So lack of T3 early in human development can be attributed to many health issues, but it has been shown to stunt growth. So T3 is very important in also increasing energy production, which is where people will say, well, I have a slower thyroid, my metabolism is slower. This really comes down to which came first, the chicken or the egg, slow metabolism or slow thyroid. There is an argument on both sides um, of that. I would personally say it's slower cellular metabolism that then influences the thyroid. Um, But like I said, there's arguments for both sides. So T3, not only is it very important for helping you grow and for metabolism, it's essential for optimal breathing, heart rate, cognitive performance, your mood, obviously your body weight, because that's intricately entwined in not just your metabolism, but your cognitive performance plays a big part in body weight. Uh, muscle strength and performance, your menstrual cycle is influenced by thyroid hormones, Um, Your body temperature, again, back to that metabolism is influenced by thyroid hormone, which is where people who constantly feel cold or very sensitive to changes in temperature 
we might look at the thyroid and say, well, your thyroid may be running a bit slower. And again, that loops back around to cellular metabolism. Your thyroid hormone directly influences cholesterol levels, your digestion and intestinal flow, um, and as many of us know, hair growth, nails, skin, all that good stuff. So thyroid is a key player in optimal health, which is what we talk about in this podcast. But if you do notice any of these symptoms that are alarming or excessive and you suspect you have a thyroid disorder, I do recommend that you seek medical advice um, and at least get some testing done. (coughs) Excuse me. Most thyroid conditions can be treated successfully if diagnosed or recognized on time. And you don't always have to go on medication either. There are are definitely very successful natural approaches to improving thyroid health. So let's look at some hypothyroidism symptoms. And then I do want to look at hyperthyroidism as well, because it generally gets overlooked. It's not as common as having a slower thyroid, but there are many people that experience fast thyroids. So first, hypothyroid symptoms, which is insufficient T3 or T4, but generally it's that conversion of free or active T3 is not happening. So trouble sleeping is one, constipation is another, um, excessive tiredness and fatigue and lethargy, uh, difficulty concentrating, brain fog, mood issues, anxiety, depression, like I mentioned, sensitivity to cold and temperature changes, frequent heavy periods can be associated with hypothyroidism a slower heart rate, and not in the athletic kind of sense where a slower heart rate is healthy, this is the unhealthy slower heart rate, Um, weight gain or inability to lose weight, then dry, unhealthy skin, brittle nails, hair loss would be a big symptom, and that comes back to why I mentioned in the beginning that malnutrition and metabolism aspect of things. So what are the symptoms of hyperthyroidism though? As much as many people would say, oh, I'd love a hyperthyroid because they would attribute that to a faster metabolism and weight loss. It's not like that at all. So with hypothyroidism, you can have a faster heart rate, which can be detrimental, of course, Um, sweating or sensitivity to temperatures, constant hot flashes and flushes. Um, Hair loss, again, can be attributed to hyperthyroidism because the body is just burning through all of your nutrients and minerals that it's not actually getting to the hair follicles. Uh, Diarrhea, because your digestion's not working properly in a sense that it's just go, go, go. It's just rushing everything through you. Then there can be, of course, the weight loss because you have that increased metabolic system happening there. Um, And then people can have missed or um, very light menstrual periods or periods full stop. Okay, so the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid access is something that people are not very aware of. So now we've looked at the symptoms. Let's look at this HPT access, or some people will 
just shorten it to HPA axis, which is the hypothalamus pituitary axis. But so the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the thyroid gland, they control thyroid hormone levels. Thyrotropine releasing hormone, or TRH, made in the hypothalamus binds to the receptors in the pituitary, causing it to release your TSH, which then stimulates T4 production. So TSH is a hormone that's released. It's a signaling hormone that's released from your pituitary gland, not your thyroid gland. And it sends a signal that thyroid-stimulating hormone wants you to produce more T4. But that's as far as that goes. That doesn't necessarily mean that that T4 is going to be active or convert to T3. So if there's too little of thyroid hormones in your bloodstream, the hypothalamus signals the pituitary gland to produce TSH for the thyroid gland to release more T4 and T3. So a lot of people will only get TSH tested when they go for um, a thyroid panel or a pathology test done. And this, hopefully, I'll repeat it again, helps you understand what TSH is. So if there is too little of the thyroid hormones in your bloodstream, so you got your bloods taken, and you have low levels of thyroid hormone in your bloodstream, the hypothalamus signals the pituitary gland to produce TSH for the thyroid to hopefully then release enough T4 and then T3. So when you get tested, your, that pathology test, that blood test is picking up low levels of TSH because your pituitary gland is not picking up enough levels of thyroid hormones in your bloodstream. But that's as far as that goes. That doesn't always mean that you have a thyroid issue. So I want people to understand that this is TSH is just a hormone released from the pituitary gland. It's not released from the thyroid gland. So then once there is enough of the T3 and the T4, the hypothalamus is then signaled to stop the release of TRH and then that cascades down into the thyroid gland. So high free T4 and free T3 levels signal the pituitary gland to adjust its TSH and TRH levels. Again, TRH is made in the hypothalamus and that's thyrotropin releasing hormone. I understand some of this kind of might be above your head, but I hope you're going to at least grasp what I'm saying around the TSH, T3 and T4. So you also have two other hormones and I'm just going to touch on them a little bit. So one is somatostatin and the other is dopamine and they're released from the hypothalamus, which also can influence TSH level, which then of course will influence thyroid hormones as well. Okay, so I mentioned that we need to convert T4 into its active T3 form. Like active T3 is what we want for optimal thyroid health. So both T3 and T4 um, are produced in the thyroid gland. Although T3 is much more potent or effective 
than T4 when it's actually produced in the correct levels. In the blood, T4 levels around 45-fold higher than T3. So we do have higher levels, but that doesn't mean it's effective. Most T3 is produced by removing iodine from T4 in a process that requires selenium. So here we go, another molecule that you've probably recognized me talk about or being mentioned around thyroid health. So we've got iodine is important, and now we have selenium is important for removing iodine to bring our thyroid hormone into its active form. So the total activity of T3 thyroid hormone in the body depends on these enzymes that convert T4 to T3, which are found outside of the thyroid, um, in the liver, in the kidney, very important to take care of your liver and kidney, um, within the brain cells, the pituitary and brown fat tissue, very important to make sure you're converting white fat tissue to brown fat tissue or creating brown fat tissue as much as you can. Um, and then we also have um, other areas where we can generate reverse T3 in the placenta, the brain, the skin. Reverse T3 is something we don't want. So let's just think of malnutrition and stress there, really. So um, we've got then another protein that's very important. And these are carrier proteins which bind to most thyroid hormones, leaving then only a small fraction available for your thyroid or your body to use. So these would be thyroxine binding globulin, which is TBG albumin, and then thyroid binding prealbumin. So thyroxine binding globulin, this is made in the liver. 99% of T4 is bound and about 0.3% is free, which is not a lot. 99.7% of T3 is bound and 0.3% of T3 is free. So we want to make sure that our liver is optimal so that we're optimizing these free levels so that they can be used throughout the body and to make sure our thyroid is healthy. So what are the factors that are going to influence this? Apart from what I mentioned, malnutrition, kidney and liver issues, low iodine, low selenium, we have a couple of other things that are going to influence thyroid function that people don't consider. Um, one I've been speaking of lately is the digestive tract and bile and gallbladder, which is a big one. So altered gut bacteria or digestive issues. Um, we use our bacteria to help thyroid hormones function, but also thyroid hormones get converted in the liver and then excreted into the gut as part of, of the bile system. So in the stomach, the thyroid hormones are absorbed and reabsorbed. So digestive problems reduce the levels of thyroid hormones that are available for reabsorption. So not only your microbiome, your gut health, your gallbladder, your bile, your stomach acid levels, these all greatly influence the available thyroid hormone that you have to be utilized in the body. 
then stress is a big one probably the biggest one because stress is going to influence your stomach acid and your gallbladder and your bile and your microbiome the stress is probably number one stress is also going to influence nutrition or malnutrition like your nutritional choices are influenced by stress we all know this when we're very stressed the chances of making good nutrition choices they go out the window so stress can both reduce and increase thyroid hormones based on like many levels acute stressors reduce tsh and thereby t4 and therefore conversion so stress is one of these topics that is just non-stop lately like we go on about stress like broken records but the truth is that's our reality now we all live in very stressed states whether or not it's from family life kids work relationship issues financial issues like it's hitting us from every angle so we really need to be aware that stress is probably the biggest thing that's going to influence our metabolism and our thyroid on many levels and i just want to repeat that again chronic stress is going to influence hydrochloric acid which is your stomach acid which is then going to influence gallbladder and bile which is then going to influence liver health like this it's it's a big deal when we talk about stress we all know we're stressed there's lots of stress but it's so important that we understand how stress influences the body and it's not just emotional or energetic this is mechanical structural chemical influences so i just wanted to drive that home there i know again that we sound like broken records but it's so important to recognize stress is a big percentage of most of our problems so then we have inflammation inflammation suppresses the production of tsh and thyroid um, T3 levels and other thyroid hormones while increasing cortisol levels. So chronic inflammation is going to directly impact how your body converts and uses T3. And again, this is multi-level. There is many studies that show, oh, it's just the chronic inflammation and how it influences the chemical changeover and the chemical mechanisms. But just like stress, inflammation has this systemic effect and it's going to affect you on every level. Then we have leptin resistance or low leptin, which is actually a passion of mine. I talk about resetting leptin and I do reset leptin a lot with my clients. So um, leptin is basically our satiety hormone. When the satiety hormone is not working, we then have changes in our metabolism, changes in human growth hormone changes in detoxification and healing and regeneration so this is all very important to influence hormonal health and really when i start with new clients these are the first things i look at i look at optimizing insulin and leptin and then manipulating them so that they can encourage the proper function of all the other hormones then we also have environmental toxins, the likes of fluoride, um, fumes off cars in front of you, that's going to influence thyroid hormone, believe it or not. And then 
Of course, nutrient deficiencies, because if you're not giving your body the correct nutrients, then it's not going to be able to make what it needs for anything, not just hormones, for immune cells, antibodies, um, stem cells, building tissue, hair, nails. Like if you're not giving your body the correct nutrition, it's not going to be able to do anything. It'll just convert whatever you give it into waste and the rest will go to weight gain. So there's a couple of nutrients that are really important for supporting thyroid health um, that we want to stay on top of. It's very easy to get stuck into just eating junk food. We'll just say junk food overall or making poor food choices. It's very easy because they're designed to be hyper palatable. They're designed to stimulate certain areas in the brain that cause you to crave them and go back for more. And they do change your microbiome and they do change your taste buds and they do change like the hormonal response in um, serotonin and dopamine. Like they get you hooked. They were designed for that reason. And it's very hard to break that cycle. Well, hopefully once you understand how important good nutrition is to all of your body, not just the thyroid, it will encourage you to try make wiser choices until it becomes natural and becomes a habit and you just want to do it. Um, we want you to want more of the good stuff so that you desire less of the bad stuff. So I've said before to my clients, your day should be so full of good food and habits that there's no room for the bad stuff. That even if you have some cravings for bad stuff, you're too full on the good stuff. So I already mentioned iodine. Iodine is required for the production of thyroid hormones. Iodine deficiency is a major cause of hypothyroidism. Um, people generally don't get a lot of iodine in their diet. They don't. Selenium is needed to convert T4 to T3. T3 is our active hormone, and we really need that to be optimal. It stimulates thyroid function and protects against autoimmune thyroid conditions. So something, I mean, you can get selenium supplements. I have some I like. But just having two to three organic Brazil nuts a day is a good start. That can be quite effective. Um, make sure you have your seafood as well. If you can have seafood, good wild caught seafood, that can be a rich source of selenium. Iron is needed for thyroid peroxidase function, which is important for the synthesis of thyroid hormone. Chronic anemia is well-known factor in impairing thyroid function, but if we're going to look at iron, we absolutely 100% need to look at copper. You need copper to metabolize iron. So sometimes when people think they have an iron deficiency, it's not actually an iron deficiency. It's a copper deficiency. They're getting enough iron. They're just not converting it or metabolizing it or using it the way they should. And when we look at iron and copper, the next one there is vitamin A. These are like let's say triplets, iron, copper, vitamin A, they all go hand in hand. Vitamin A can bind to thyroid hormone receptors. So you do want it not in too high levels, but just in a nice dose. Vitamin A is very important for the immune system as well. Obviously, vitamin A and selenium and copper and even iron, food, food is our preferred source of them. Your body knows what to do with 
the food you give it and they all come together in one package they work synergistically your body will recognize nutrients from food sources a lot better than it will from supplement sources so food would be our first line of protocol and then if we needed to supplements but um when you look at vitamin a you just have to be careful with dosages so you can get a supplement of vitamin a a safe bed is around 10,000 international units a day but vitamin a is quite available in a lot of food even green tea has some vitamin a in it so then there's some other things you can use to support thyroid function um one address like the insulin and leptin imbalances like i mentioned correct your nutritional deficiencies Pay attention to your gut health, especially the gallbladder. I've been saying a lot recently that even if you don't have gallbladder issues or if you don't have a gallbladder, you need to act like you have gallbladder issues. That's how you should treat your body. Most people that have hypothyroidism have gallbladder issues. Most people that have gallbladder issues have thyroid issues, but they don't get a diagnosis till years down the line. So a gallbladder issue can be an early warning sign that there are thyroid issues there too. Um, so make sure that you're taking care of your gut and especially your gallbladder and then your liver. Um, address any inflammation that's there. Pay attention to your stress. I don't want to say reduce stress. I mean, I'd love you to reduce stress, but that's really easier said than done just pay attention to it manage it where you can take breaks take me time do some self-care do your best to try manage your stress and if you can remove some stressors out of your life do that say no to people no I don't want to do that no I don't want to go to dinner I just want to stay at home and watch a movie by myself no I don't want to stay up late I want to go to bed like say no it's not mean or selfish to say no and then pay attention to those environmental toxins as well uh, get organic where you can be aware of what kind of smells are around you fumes spray your perfume on your clothes not directly on your skin for your skincare try use clean products the same way cleaning your house there's lots of very affordable cleaning products for your house even if you just used vinegar and lemon juice which i can't use vinegar i love salt and vinegar crisps or chips and when i smell anyone clean with vinegar it just makes me crave them so you can do it if you want. I can't do it. Lemon juice is good. Essential oils. I love Seven Generation. They have a great line and it's very affordable for house cleaning products. Um, and then for skincare, like there's loads of options. I do use Beauty Counter. I use Green Butterfly Co, which is um, an Airdrie based company. I use Om Organics as well. They're out of Invermere in BC. There's lots and lots of options. And even financially, if you didn't want to spend money on company made skincare, Extra virgin olive oil is an amazing moisturizer. Coconut oil is very good for keeping the skin hydrated. Like there's stuff you can do. You don't have to buy expensive stuff. You could make your own. So I hope you found this helpful. Um, and I really just wanted to highlight the influences on thyroid health and what can make it good and what can make it bad. Please take notes. Use the information that you're given. 
take action. Please share with anyone you feel might benefit from this information too. And if you haven't subscribed or liked my podcast already, please do. And if you feel I deserve it, a review would be very much appreciated. Reviews really help podcasts reach more people and they help businesses of course a review can go a very long way and it's always very much appreciated by not just me but all business owners okay everyone I hope you enjoyed this if you've any questions send them to me you can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or comment uh, on whichever platform you're listening to I should get notification or you can email me through my website shemainsmodelhealth.com there's a contact me button at the top there otherwise enjoy the rest of your day get some sunshine and fresh air while you still can and i'll chat to you guys real soon bye bye